Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcasts. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today, I'm going to talk with David about integrity. Three positive things come from integrity. You keep out of trouble. You'll be respected by others. And you'll walk in the blessings of God. Becoming a person of integrity has a lot to offer. It's up to you. Hey, David, it's Grandpa. King Solomon firmly advocated integrity to his sons or grandsons. Today, I want to share short comments on four of his proverbs. You'll see the advantages of integrity and the danger of living without it. First, Proverbs 11, 3, quote, The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the falseness of the treacherous will destroy them. End quote. Integrity means, one, wholeness. We call whole numbers integers. Two, unimpaired soundness, like a structure that is well-built and solid. And three, sound moral principle, honesty. In an upright person, integrity means that truth and fact are more important to him than opinion or his desired outcome. In other words, he is fact-driven, not agenda-driven. A friend once said, quote, Any man can be sincerely mistaken until he learns the truth. Then he either ceases to be mistaken or he ceases to be sincere. End quote. This is the essence of a man or woman of integrity. Truth always prevails over opinion. That man or woman work to reform their opinion and performance. Then, who is the treacherous person in our proverb? He is, first, one who gives a false sense of reliability, or second, one who betrays trust. His falseness is not just some stretching or distorting of truth. It goes deeper than that. Falseness implies a lack of soundness within. At the core, truth is not the driving force. That driving force might be, quote, the greater good, quote, or, quote, I know what's best, end quote, or, quote, this is what I want, end quote, or some other self-justifying rationale. Think of any public person, someone who has secured the trust of America, who has betrayed or abused that trust in some self-promoting manner. Their reputation is forever tainted by their lack of integrity. David, I do not want that for you. The point is, if my course is driven by truth and fact, those same facts will govern and change my thinking so that my life holds together with truth. That's integrity. But if my course is driven only by the outcome I want to achieve, 
I will allow myself to play loose with any facts that don't fit my agenda. I might begin to be the judge of what is to be accepted as truth. Just like many arrogant celebrities and politicians today. Politicians on each side of the aisle have compromised the truth and sold out their integrity while pursuing their agenda. Fortunately, not all of them are this way. Ultimately, that falseness did not advance them and will not advance them. Instead, it destroys them. I won't name names, but you might think of some. David, your best life will be a life hungering for and driven by truth. That's the essence of integrity. Next, Proverbs 16.11. Quote, A just balance and scales belong to Yahweh. All the weights of the bag are His concern. End quote. Did you realize that in every fraudulent transaction at least two people are hurt? Balance, scales, and weights in a bag in this proverb all refer to sales and exchange transactions. We know about scales. We buy produce at the market. Balance and weights had to do with measuring the amount of gold or silver which was to be exchanged for goods. Before coinage standardized things, once the value of the goods to be purchased was agreed on, the merchant would weigh out the correct amount of the buyer's precious metal. Gold or silver were placed on one side of the balance, standardized weights on the other. There were two ways a seller could cheat. One, if the balance was skewed in his favor. Or two, if the standard weights were a little heavy. Either way, the buyer gave the seller more than he was entitled to. Even today, some merchants want to make easy money by tilting the scales in their favor. Maybe you've heard the old adage, quote, the butcher has a heavy thumb, end quote. That's why the government stepped in to monitor and penalize violators. A man of integrity doesn't need that kind of supervision. We all know it's wrong to cheat, but let's be concerned about more than just government penalties. You see, God is also concerned. Fairness in all human transactions is the top priority with Him. Whenever one man cheats another, they are both hurt. The one cheated loses money. Maybe he even loses his temper and acts with hostility. So he hurts himself spiritually in response to the fraud. But the one who cheated hurts himself even worse, eroding his dignity, marring his integrity, losing sight of true value, acting out of greed rather than out of love, etc. There must be dozens of ways one who would willingly cheat another hurts himself. And for what? His reward may simply be a few extra pennies per transaction. But what price has he paid for it? Yes, God is concerned about fair enterprise, but not just on behalf of the one being defrauded. He wants us all, seller and buyer, to get the best fair deal possible. And he especially wants us all to keep a clean conscience while doing it. Remember this, David. When it seems easy to get ahead without fear of detection, 
those few extra pennies are not worth losing God's favor. In every exchange or interaction in your life, make it your core value to be fair. Proverbs 20, verse 7. Quote, A righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. End quote. Of all the possible legacies one might leave one's children, which should be among the top, I can think of three reasons why a righteous man's integrity provides blessings to his sons. Maybe you can extend my list. First, a man's integrity surrounds him with advantages. God blesses the man of integrity. The business community puts its trust, and therefore its business, into the hands of the honest man. These two advantages combine to give the man of integrity a substantially stable economic base. His children share the advantages of this stability. Also, a man's integrity provides a moral base for decision-making and action-taking. His children see him in action. They see him weigh the options. They'll see the opportunities to cheat or to defraud, opportunities which might seem to have some self-serving allure, but they'll see him choose the high road. He'll sacrifice gratification in favor of honor. That gives them the pattern and the courage to do the same. Such an example is a rich blessing. Finally, a man's integrity establishes his reputation. This reputation transfers to the sun until the sun does something to tarnish, erode, or destroy it. Anyone can build a good reputation, but reputations are like any other thing of value. They take time to grow. A father who has built a reputable business that he turns over to his sons has saved them the price of growing the business. Likewise, a father who builds a good reputation in his community through personal integrity has given his sons a tremendous head start, as well as a mark to live up to. Your dad's uncle was blessed by the work ethic and integrity of his father. As he established himself as a builder, the community already trusted him. His dad not only built a reputation in the community, he also ingrained within his son a depth of integrity, which enhanced his advantage. Throughout his career, he secured high-quality jobs by word of mouth, without the cost of advertising. Since he was so well-received, he saved thousands of dollars just in ads. As I said earlier, there may be additional advantages, but you must admit these three will put your future children well ahead in life. Economic stability, an ethical base for decisions and actions, and a well-established reputation. Who wouldn't want this for his children? The fact that your walk with God, righteousness, is the source of all this good, is what you would expect. The natural benefit of godliness and integrity is a good life. David, I want you to have a good life, both you and your future family. Finally, Proverbs 22.12, quote, The eyes of Yahweh preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the treacherous man. End quote. They're comfortable knowing that gravity works 24-7. God enforces all his laws, whether physical, psychological, or spiritual. 
you can count on consistent results. Water always flows downhill, for example, except on the sixth Thursday of the month. Just kidding. One of his laws is that honesty and truth are preferred over shady fudging of facts. In fact, the only way to advance in life and be sure that this advancement is stable is to do so by honesty and truth. This is true not only because people respect honesty and reward it. It is true mainly because God has designed us in His image. He is honesty and truth. We function most efficiently, emotionally and psychologically, when we are truthful and open. Others respond to us most positively when they detect our honesty and integrity. Solomon said, quote, Yahweh preserves knowledge, end quote, and, quote, he overthrows the words of the treacherous, end quote. This is true by God's design. That is, the very nature of human interactions tends to cause honesty to prevail over the long haul. Additionally, and this is critical, God himself intervenes and keeps the scales tilted in favor of integrity. The earth doesn't just suck, as one wit opined. Rather, God designed gravity to hold things together. Honesty isn't accidentally the best policy. God made it so. He enforces both. Remember, in all your dealings, you're not just up against another person to whom you might successfully lie. You're up against God, who enforces honesty's advantage. David, a life consistent with knowledge in word and deed is a life supported by God. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you've got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. I want to talk with David about advice. You want to make your own decisions, right? But sometimes a pair of objective eyes sees your situation differently. Is listening such a bad idea? See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at Comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a joy-filled week. week.